everyone welcome to the episode 106 of solid saturday our today's guest is the founder and ceo of world changers media as a nationally known book strategist speaker ghost writer and editor she has helped hundreds of thought leaders teachers healers and enlightened entrepreneurs deliver their messages and radically up level their expert status through best selling impact driven books titles she claims in her spare time include self reinvention seven lego castle designer dragon tamer luxury travel hacker and kanazer of kickass boots learn more about brina and her work at www.worldchangers.media and as of now let's just welcome her and hear more about her career journey how did she find her area of interest and managing to lead that hey hi brina very happy to have you on the show and really appreciate all your time and consideration being on the show thank you so much vaishali i'm so happy to be here i am also very excited because when i saw your company uh portal actually uh website uh that captured my eyes actually because of the domain that you have worldchangers.media so we to begin with actually our first question is how did you landed up being ceo of worldchangers.media and how did you find your interest and what's your idea of changing world for better oh thank you So I actually have been in the book world for over 15 years. I started off as a, a freelance editor, ghostwriter, um book developer, book coach. I would kind of do anything about the book process I could get my hands on from from, you know, concept to layout and design and um I I did that for about 12 years and then in 2018 I stepped away from freelancing and took a little break and was doing some mindset coaching and events and retreats and that was really fun and then 2020 happened and we all know what happened in 2020 so um the plan had to change i um and i was really i was a little bit lost for a while you know i i was really clear that i was not interested in freelancing anymore because i didn't feel like i had any leverage to make real progress or change as a freelancer i was operating within other people's systems uh-huh um and at the same time i was seeing so much unfolding within the publishing world that i was just quite frankly unhappy with and not unhappy with um for myself but unhappy with for the way that it was affecting authors and their ideas and so um you know long story short the universe kind of hit me upside the head and was like you're going back to books and i was like no <laughs> and um a tantrum ensued which was really fun i had like a teenage meltdown and then i made a deal with the universe i said i i get to i get to be the change if you want me back there if you want me back in books i'm going to do it my way and i need to be in a position to really create change for mm. authors for ideas and within 3 days uh in December of 2020 the idea for World Changers Media had fully downloaded and I had my first 12 authors signed it was amazing um and so really the concept is to stand at the intersection of traditional and self-publishing 
um, because I feel like authors are not being well served in either of those areas right now. And of course, there are exceptions and there are people doing beautiful work in both spaces. I want to fully acknowledge that. But the, the prevailing energy is either um, you know, authors fighting to basically win a popularity contest to be published traditionally in the nonfiction space, which is where I work. I can't speak into the fiction space. But in the self-publishing world, it's just like a free-for-all, you know? It's, it, people are selling all kinds of different services. Nobody really knows, you know, what services are really best for authors. Authors don't know what support to expect or ask for. And the result on either end is that the really big world-changing ideas, the ideas coming from the next generation of thought leaders, were either getting sidelined because they didn't have the audience to command a traditional publishing contract, or it wasn't being fully developed because the process wasn't there in the self-publishing model. Um, because the, the development and presentation of the idea is just as important as the idea itself. And so what we've created is, is, a, is a bridge between the two, where our authors get full support from start to finish to create their books, um, you know, extensive editorial support. All of our processes are modeled after the traditional publishing model, um, you know, lots of coaching, lots of cheerleading, lots of hands-on, you know, one-to-one -one integration, but our authors own 100% of their rights and royalties. So that's the, the sort of, you know, in a nutshell, that's what we're doing. But really, it's it was a question of how can we be in service to ideas uh -huh. and books are the vehicle. Mm, yep, yep, yep. I think books are definitely kind of a great teachers or the mentors to start with, right? Uh, so definitely you're doing great actually to giving that opportunity for uh, getting idea out there through the books. Thank you. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing and it is quite interesting, you know, to see um, how actually it's a lot more about the three ways of learning, right? Reading, writing and uh, talking. Um, so um, so it's more or like when we say, say talking, it is more or listening. So reading, writing and listening that way. So I think you are in the first uh, initial two parts you are involved into reading and writing. And that is a great way of uh, getting the idea out and uh, make contribution towards changing the world because i think we are getting down to the uh, better thought leadership that way so thank you so much for sharing and we are moving towards our next section where we are going to do the topics of discussion of your areas of interest so first as i i just mentioned about the thought leadership so how do you see it and how can we make it better for today's generation as well as next upcoming generation what gaps do you see right now in the thought leadership and what would be better? Yeah, well, I think there's a misconception about what thought leadership actually is. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's, it's important to lean into that first. And to me, thought leadership is actually a process of taking all of who we are and all of our various experiences and forging them into a lens through which to view our expertise. Mm -hmm. So it's you know the same as you can put like a sepia filter on your camera and take pictures with this filter in place that changes the image. When we actually bring to bear all of who we are in our work mm -hmm. and we lean into you know the, the potency of our experience and our personality and all the things that we value, and then we apply that to our expertise, we start innovating. Mm 
Mm -hmm. And a really simple example of this, um, and one that, that really lands for people, well, I'll give you two examples. One is, there are how many psychology researchers on the planet, but there's only one Brene Brown. And she's not Brene Brown because she's a psychology researcher. She's mm -hmm. Brene Brown because she's Brene Brown. And she's taken the full force of who she is and applied it to her research career. And that is how she has become a thought leader. And mm -hmm. without those personal lenses, there would be the, the differentiation between her work and other people's would not be so profound. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of fell into this thought pattern a little bit for myself because growing up, mm -hmm. I read nothing but fantasy fiction. I was obsessed with, you know, dragons and wizards uh -huh. and, you know, all of the beautiful art that happens mm -hmm. in the fantasy realm. And even as an adult, when I read for pleasure, that's all I read. Like, I don't, I don't want to be on this planet when I'm reading anymore. I want to go somewhere else, you know? Uh -huh. um, and, uh, and so I thought for so long as a professional nonfiction editor that I couldn't talk about that part of myself because it would make me seem unprofessional that I wasn't reading nonfiction in my spare time as well as in my work time, which was silly, right? But how many times do we think these things when it comes to our hobbies, our preferences, our loves, you know? We think, oh, that doesn't have any place in my professional life. Mm. But the thing is, it does. And I actually, when I stopped separating the different parts of my life, I was actually able to build the model that we use at World Changers which is based on sci-fi fantasy world building, character development, and what I call the Bilbo Baggins method of book outlining, which is, it's basically the three-point plot arc, but I Bilbo Baggins did because everybody gets it. And when I stopped trying to put boxes around the different parts of myself, the me who's a musician, the me who loves fantasy and dragons, like you can see my dragon behind me there. My, my friend Joanna Reed painted that for me. Um, you know, the part of me that is a, a foodie, the part of me that is a yoga teacher, the, when we stop separating all those pieces, we see that our experiences and our, our, our learnings in all of these places can actually work synergistically and create a viewpoint into our expertise that no one else can possibly duplicate. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about thought leadership, the way that I see it is that we just need more people being all of themselves. Mm -hmm. Because that's where the big, great, world-changing ideas come from. Mm -hmm. They don't come from replicating other people's expertise. Mm -hmm. They don't come from regenerating another version of the same system or the same um, you know, methodologies. It requires innovation, and innovation requires creativity, and creativity requires space. Mm -hmm. When we're boxing ourselves in, mm -hmm. in our professional thinking, there's no space. Yep, yep, yep. That's very wise, actually. Uh, and this is a great message to be out there, I guess. Uh, when we think about creativity, there is definitely you require that space. And uh, as you mentioned, being yourself is very, very important um, rather than copying when it comes to anything like you are in the most creative field, actually writing. Uh, so I think um, that too, uh, it's very, very important that you have that unique uniqueness, <laughs> like, you know, you are by yourself and you know what you want to uh, give out to that book or something like that. So thank you so much for sharing this. Yeah, absolutely. We are moving, yeah, <laughs> we are moving towards the third segment of our uh, episode, which is a fun segment. Here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you three keywords which are more or associated with your profile and you have to just tell me whatever comes to your mind. 
So it can be a replacement keyword to those, or it can be an abstract definition or whatever comes, like, you know, you think sure. that that is appropriate. So are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> so the first keyword that we have is publishing. Publishing. To me, that is just getting your words and your work out there. There are so many ways to accomplish publishing. And it's really just about getting over the hurdle of taking something from a private creation to a public service. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, the second keyword that we have is brand. Brand, yeah. I probably think about this one a little differently than some people. Uh -huh. And I, I feel like it ties in with my thoughts about thought leadership in that your brand is sort of like a holistic energy in which you offer your services and your products. Um, it's not only your services and products, and it's not only you. It's like an ecosystem in which you and your team and your services and your products and your ideas and your values can operate synergistically. It's an, it's an energy field. Wow. This is a really, very different approach, actually, like a different thought I have heard about the brand because nowadays people work a lot more on it when it comes to personal branding or professional branding, uh, people see the value in it. Um, and just because we are talking a lot more about like, you know, creators economy or global economy, uh, definitely brand is something that's going to play a vital role. So this is something different I have heard so far. So thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. I mean, I think it's, it's like I virtual PR reality, right? PR people, a couple of PR people and then uh, media people, as well as some people who work specifically in the personal branding space. Yeah. Um, I have asked that question and it goes a lot more uh, in a different way, but this is like a completely different. So thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, the third keyword that we have is media. Media. Well, I think, again, it's it's an ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I have a friend um, and, uh, you know, business co-conspirator named Tom Langan, who has a really interesting perspective on media, and he's kind of rubbed off on me. Um, and he talks about pure, you know, service-based content. And to me, media is just it, it's just another way of delivering information. I mean, books are a form of media, you know, social media, television media, print media, magazines, you know, it's an ecosystem in which information lives mm -hmm. and the ways in which we engage with it are largely determined by how we prefer to spend our energy. And so the, the whole ecosystem is sort of dependent on our preferences, which gives us power when you think about it. A lot of people feel powerless over media, but we have so many choices around what to nurture in that ecosystem. I yeah, think it's an important thing to remember. Yeah, this is a lot more about the approach looking into the things, I guess, because a lot of people see technology as a distraction, right? Uh, mm. The same way people see social media or media channels are like a distraction. And that happens because some of the people misuse it. Um, and that gets highlighted a lot. Like it happens to any kind of a thing, actually. It's not only related to kind of a media or uh, uh, technology space, but it's a lot more like everything comes up with the pros and cons. Um, so if you think, keep thinking about the cons, you're never going to work on the pros associated with it. Um, exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, like any other ecosystem, we can cultivate what we want to cultivate. and 
refuse to plant what we don't want to grow. And one of the things I always encourage people to think about is don't decide what you're against, decide what you're for. And that narrows the playing field a lot. Like I can be against one thing, but that's like, you know, I'm standing in a field and it's like, don't go south. We have like three other directions that we could go. Like, which one do you, do you want to walk north or northeast? You know, the, the against piece only cuts out a small percentage of possibilities. And so a lot of times it's easier to push away than to invite in. And that's just how we're built, I think, as humans. You know, that's how the brain works. We're looking for danger. We're doing all the things. But really, you know, with media and with anything else, it's what what do we what are we choosing and how are we cultivating it? And I think we have a lot more influence in our own little reality that we each live in than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah, yeah. that's great, actually. And I can see the thought leadership in you. So uh, definitely you stand for it uh, because you have that uniqueness when you're putting out your thoughts. So thank you so much for being the guest on the Solid Saturday. We are definitely looking for these kind of a thought leaders, more and more thought leaders like you. Uh, moving towards one more important section of our segment, like episode is uh, career exploring your career work or volunteering. And under that segment, we have the question, which is more or right your topic of interest actually. How to determine right time to write a book and how a DIY leadership book can do more damage than good for your brand yeah so the diy thing is is really a big topic of discussion in the the publishing space right because it's the most wonderful thing that could have happened to publishing Mm -hmm. and i say that unequivocally like removing the gatekeepers and introducing self-publishing is the best thing that could have happened to our industry What what the the there's always a flip side though, and the flip side is that the gatekeepers, being traditional publishing companies who once just were the only operators in the space, they were scanning not just for marketability but also for quality and for proper development of ideas, and now there is no there's no bar that's being set in self publishing, and so. I see a lot of people with brilliant ideas uh-huh. who just don't know what they don't know about producing a book. And books are different than any other form of media. They require a special level of treatment, a special form of development, special considerations that don't need to be present in blogs or in social media or in articles or in any other form of written content. And by people not knowing what they don't know, often what they end up sending to market are books that are like 70% done. Mm -hmm. And they haven't gone through the iterative processes in order to become their best selves. And so, you know, I always say like, if you're just starting out and you wanna get your story out there and it's really important for you to just share your message, hell yes, publish it, get it out there, do it, do it yourself. If you have a successful business though, and you're looking to to go to the next level, right? If you want to, um, you know, if you're looking to get onto big stages, if you're looking to speak at big conferences, if you're looking to really step into that thought leadership, make sure that you get support creating that book so that it is its best self. And so that it's the best possible representation of you and your idea and your brand. 
Um, and so it's really about what is the need at this stage of your evolution. And so to me, when people you know, feel like they can DIY their thought leadership book when they are, you know, they're building million dollar businesses and they have these big brands and they have these big audiences. Um, if for any reason the mark is missed during the book creation process, it will undermine their brand. And I have conversations about this with people all the time. You know, hey, yeah, you know, this friend of mine, he went through this, um, you know, this DIY book creation course and then he published this thing on Amazon and I just don't think I can hire him anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I have this conversation once a week, if not more. And it's it's sad because the ideas are brilliant and mm-hmm. the authors are experts and they're leaders and they're doing their work in the world. And they just didn't know what they didn't know. Mm-hmm. And it's I consider it part of my mission to educate people in the space about this, because once we get to a certain level, it is really helpful to have guidance and mentorship and sometimes just somebody to do it for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's kind of where we landed with World Changers is that we're not doing, you know, entry level books. We're doing, you know, the books that people are going to leave as legacy pieces. These are the books that people are going to be able to lean into 10 years from now. And that just requires a different level of uh, accountability to the greatness of the idea. Mm-hmm. And um, and so when people get to that level, my advice is always like, please don't do this yourself. Really, please find someone who's an expert and allow them to support you because your book will thank you. Your audience will thank you and your idea will thank you. Yes, yes. And then that's something actually I tried to cover through the podcast as well. There are a couple of writers as well as you know editors came. They also mentioned the same thing actually that it's very, very important that you did that editing, even though sometimes you know writers doesn't like it. Uh, but it's very important to have that proper editing. And as you mentioned, it goes through a couple of iterations, right? It's not like uh, whatever you write, it is like a finishing touch at the first go. So you have to go through multiple iterations to get and achieve what you want to deliver through that book, actually. And uh, that is one of the best ways, I guess. Um, um, that you are doing <laughs> for the authors to make their idea more visible as well as uh, more convincing to the audience. Yes, so exactly. thank you so much for sharing it. And uh, we are uh, moving towards our last segment, which is a uh, leadership. And you are truly a leader, actually. I can see that, and I can say that because you have a great hot leadership. So uh, you are truly leading your area of expertise. What is your leadership style and any specific leader that you always follow or admire and why? Oh, what a great question. Um, I would say my leadership style is I, I work so independently for so long that I tend to lead in a way where I my policy is that I never hire anybody who's not as good as me or better at their job. And, um, you know, they don't have to be good at all the things I'm good at, but the thing that I am hiring for, they must be better than me at what Mm -hmm. they do. And I have just found the most amazing team of people. And so my leadership style, I think, is is more inspirational and less hands-on because I fully trust my team. We've trained in my methodology. They have extensive experience on their own. Um, I I feel like my leadership is more uh, inspirational, it's energetic, it's theoretical, it's educational. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I feel like we're we're in this amazing collective 
of people who value the same things and are moving in the same direction. And so I just, I can't say enough great things about my team. Wow, that's great actually. And definitely it is very, very important. The way you mentioned it is educational, uh, definitely something uh, which is important quality at the leadership is people always look after, right? Uh, even though um, we say that we don't want to get influenced, but we definitely get influenced to buy the personality. We get influenced to buy the kind of a thoughts or uh, kind of values uh, that person stands for. That definitely something we always get motivated or inspired by. So it's very, very important that you have that mentoring kind of thing. As you mentioned, you like to educate actually. So that is a very, very important quality actually when it comes to the leadership. and. Uh, Thank you so much, actually. I really enjoyed uh, talking to you and getting to know you more as Thank well you. as I loved your website. <laughs> so I would encourage the audience as well to know more about Dryna. Please do visit her website as well as if you would like to write a book, please do reach out to her with your idea and she would be happy to help you. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for all your time and consideration being on the show. Thank you so much, Vaishali. It was wonderful to spend this time with you. And uh, I'm just really appreciative that for the invitation. Thank you. Thank you so much, Raina. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So this is all about our today's guest and the way she's managing to lead her areas of expertise and counting towards changing the world for better. Uh, we are going to close today's episode with a closure quote, uh, which says, a visionary is a leader of excellence who sees what others do not see, who achieves for now and plans for the future, who positively impacts different generations.